In chapter one, we deal with what is anthropology very broadly. So we'll focus on the scope of anthropology, the holistic approach used in anthropology, the nature of anthropological curiosity, the various fields of anthropology, and specializations within those fields, and finally, the relevance of anthropology to everyday life. If we consider the scope of anthropology, anthropology is a discipline of infinite curiosity about human beings. It's broader in scope than most other disciplines, and every part of the world containing human populations is of interest to anthropological study. This is important to realize uh, in that if you take a course in political science or sociology or even psychology, most of the focus is on the West. But anthropology has a much broader scope in that it includes all human populations, even populations in very remote places such as the Kalahari Desert or the Amazon Basin. And it also has a great deal of historic depth uh, through its uh, interest in archaeology. One of the important things that characterizes anthropology is its holistic approach. And so it's a unique discipline because it employs a holistic or multifaceted approach to the study of human beings. So not only do we study their behavior, but we study their biology, the nature of the environment in which they live, um, dimensions of their health, what their past history was, and perhaps even in an evolutionary sense, uh, where they originated uh, several thousand years ago. Under the heading of anthropological curiosity, traditionally anthropologists generally focus on typical characteristics of populations such as traits or customs. The advantage of this approach is that you get a very kind of global, general view of what's typical and quote normal or common in a particular society. But what it ignores and what has now been more frequently focused on is intracultural variation. We know that um, because of different sorts of contact particular people may have had with the outside world or because they were living in a different kind of uh, environment uh, that there is intracultural variation uh, in terms of how they adapt to that environment. So intracultural variation has become a much more important dimension of basic anthropological research. And uh, one of the things that we like to do is to look at different characteristics of human groups. That is, we want to understand human diversity. And one of the major ways of doing this is to engage in cross-cultural comparisons, which typically uh, is the field of ethnology, although the authors in this text uh, kind of conflate cultural anthropology with ethnology, but I'd like to reserve the term ethnology to the practice of making uh, cross-cultural comparisons. There are three broad fields of anthropology. Biological or physical anthropology, which studies a variety of things such as human variation in body form, body coloration, uh, how they adapt to different sorts of epidemiological threats to uh, hominid evolution, that is the development of, of humanity uh, beginning with the hominids or 
bipedal apes um, originating about five to seven million years ago to the emergence of large-brained bipedal hominids that we call humans. Cultural anthropology, on the other hand, deals with um, current societies generally, although we do some research in the past, but the focus on beliefs and behaviors and values and attitudes in a contemporary population. Then applied or practicing anthropology deals with the application of anthropological methods to understand what is going on towards the development of policy uh, or the direct application of anthropological knowledge to guide governments or businesses or non-governmental organizations uh, in their activities as they deal with people. Here you see um, on page 5 of your text a very complex um, characterization of the various fields and approaches in anthropology. On the left-hand side, you'll see those dimensions of anthropology that are devoted to understanding the past, such as historical linguistics, um, archaeology, or the study of material remains of people who don't have a written record, and physical anthropology, uh, which is uh, very frequently uh, the study of human fossil remains uh, and the kinds of characteristics that these bony remains have in terms of understanding activity levels, disease patterns, uh, relative health, diet, things of that nature. And then if we look at um, the right-hand side, it says recent past and present, a descriptive or structural linguistics, how languages operate today, what are the principles in terms of grammatic grammatical principles of organization, sound system, etc. Ethnology or cultural anthropology, uh, the study of um, cultural practices um, by various peoples in different parts of the world. And then uh, physical anthropology in terms of human variation. Uh, we ask questions, for example, uh, why do we see that there are different patterns of height and body form around the world that seem to have a pattern? or uh, patterns of uh, human skin coloration, or physiological abilities, for example. Many human populations don't have the ability to uh, digest lactose in milk. Lactose is a milk sugar, uh, and that's because they cease the production of lactase, which is an enzyme. And some populations, this ability persists well into adulthood and, and for the rest of their life, but uh, in other populations the ability to produce lactase stops around the ages of five or six and if milk is consumed then it leads to gastrointestinal um, stress. And then two layers in this big cake here. Uh, one is basic research which is the kind of basic scientific research that uh, anthropologists do like any other form of um, research, it's curiosity-driven. And then applied anthropology, which is essentially uh, the use of two things. One is anthropological knowledge, and the second thing is the use of an anthropological approach to understanding something about a different culture. And applied anthropologists typically work for businesses, 
Uh, they work for governments, and they also work for non-governmental organizations. If you look at biological anthropology, there are two primary focuses of study. Uh, one is human paleontology, and here we're looking at um, largely, although not entirely, skeletal remains of humans that previously existed uh, anywhere from 100 years ago to 100, 150,000 years ago, and even beyond if we look at some of the early hominids and their diversions from uh, a common ancestor that one path led to humans, the other two chimpanzees uh, about seven years ago. And then, uh, in a more contemporary sense, human variation, and that is the fact that, for example, humans look slightly different depending on where you are on the globe. And so understanding uh, the forces uh, that lead to the development of different hair form, nose form, head form, skin coloration, uh, physiological abilities that I mentioned earlier, such as the ability to continue to uh, drink milk through the uh, production of uh, lactase. And these are all topics fit for people who are in biological anthropology or interested in studying human variation. Then if we look at the field of cultural anthropology, which is the subject matter uh, of the text, uh, although we will talk a bit of we mentioned archaeology early on, biological anthropology. After this chapter, we'll pretty much uh, leave those fields specifically and focus mostly on cultural anthropology and to some extent um, linguistics. But culture refers to the customary ways that a particular people or society thinks and behaves. So it is a focus on patterns of thought and understanding and patterns of behavior. The three branches of cultural anthropology are archaeology, linguistics, and ethnology. Uh, and again, ethnology is a way of, a way of saying cultural anthropology, but let's take uh, archaeology. And archaeology is essentially uh, the study of past humans and their patterns of uh, behavior, and sometimes their patterns of thought. And largely, archaeological populations are those populations that have left no written records, so we have to rely on the material record uh, to understand something about the cultures of people in the past. Uh, linguistics uh, is essentially a study of the, the language patterns of any particular group. Uh, it can have a historical dimension, as we mentioned earlier, about um, how languages may have been related to one another, or how sound systems, for example, in languages change. Uh, to a contemporary understanding of uh, grammar and phonology or the sound system of the language today. And again, ethnology is essentially a synonym for cultural anthropology. As we delve deeper into archaeology, archaeologists try to reconstruct history from the remains of human cultures. Again, most studies deal with prehistory, uh, because history proper is based on written records. But sometimes uh, archaeologists uh, engage in what we call historical archaeology, where they use a combination of the material record and written records to piece together uh, what went on in the past. Anthropological linguistics is obviously the anthropological study of language, and it's divided into three components. Uh, one is historical linguistics, and we've talked a little bit about that before. Uh, that's how languages change through time. 
and then descriptive or structural linguistics, which deals with the sound system called phonology, P-H-O-N-O-L-O-G-Y, uh, and the grammatical system of a language uh, through the study of its syntax, and then um, morphology, or which is uh, down to the word level kind of analysis, or the elements that carry meaning uh, in linguistic uh, utterances and morphemes uh, are equivalent to two words more or less. And then finally the field of sociolinguistics, which talks about the use of language in everyday life. And for example, all of us know the difference between a kind of very formal way of speaking to a very casual way of speaking. And we use these different forms depending on certain social cues that we receive, and so sociolinguistics is, is the study of how we essentially deploy language uh, in very kind of creative ways depending on the social setting that we find ourselves in. Ethnology is commonly referred to as cultural anthropology, and ethnology is concerned with patterns of thought and behavior, and there are three basic types of ethnologists. One, we call ethnographers, and these are people who focus on a specific society. And typically, they like to give a very holistic, complete account of that society. And then we have ethno-historians who use a combination of ethnographic research and ethno-historic research. And by ethno-historic research, we essentially interview living people about what went on in the past to get a um, kind of a local picture for the history of a particular group. And then we have finally the field of cross-cultural research, which is sometimes known as uh, ethnology. And people who do that kind of research are ethnologists. And here the goal is to try and understand variation in a variety of practices cross-culturally, whether we're talking about how people differently conceive of spirits and gods uh, and other supernatural entities, or why certain people uh, raise their children in a kind of very punitive way, and why other people raise their children in a kind of very relaxed and permissive sort of way. So cross-cultural research is, uh, again, an attempt to document and then understand variation in behavior cross-cultural. Applied anthropology um, is essentially anthropology as it is used in businesses, by the government, and in non-governmental organizations. And about half of all professional anthropologists are applied, are practicing anthropologists. And by, what we mean by professional anthropologists are people who've gotten an MA or a PhD in anthropology and who don't go on to teach at a university. So it has to do with the use of anthropology in the quote, real world. And it's important to understand that anthropologists, applied anthropologists may be trained in one or more subfields of anthropology, it's just not cultural anthropology. For example, if you look at a field called CRM, or cultural resource management, we find that these are archaeologists who are called upon to do excavations uh, just before some major construction is put 
through to determine whether there are any cultural resources or remains of previous people uh, that are worth uh, preserving and studying. And so this is a very kind of practical applied field that's closely associated with the, uh, the business world. Then if we look at the um, field of, of ethnology or cultural anthropology, and we find that there are lots of different kinds of specializations. Economic anthropologists, for example, simple societies study production, consumption, and exchange of resources that have been transformed, like food or tools, and how the economic system works in a particular society, trading relationships that people may have with others. Political anthropologists study politics generally, dispute settlement, how consensus is developed, and uh, perhaps um, when consensus breaks down, uh, how conflict, even warfare, and feuding proceed in a particular society. Psychological anthropologists are interested in how the mind works cross-culturally, how people classify their physical or their spiritual world, their ability to perceive um, the world in terms of patterns of cognition. And then we have cultural anthropologists uh, who study how the people, um, they're interested in adapt to the environment, how they may adapt to a desert environment. For example, I began my career as a cultural ecologist uh, working in the Amazon, studying two different uh, native peoples there, and looked at how things such as the nature of game resources, soil resources, a pattern, their ways of um, making a living, producing food in that environment. Medical anthropologists, on the other hand, might be looking at the kinds of parasite loads a particular group has, um, or they may want to study the way in which shamans diagnose and prescribe cures for various sorts of illnesses. So these are just some of the specializations that we find in the other culture. We need to talk about the relevance of anthropology in that um, in order to understand humans, it is essential that we study humans in all times and places. The thing that really distinguishes anthropology from the fields, for example, of political science, sociology, and psychology is that those fields tend to focus on North Americans or Western Europeans and they tend to ignore uh, what goes on in the rest of the world. Anthropologists believe uh, that uh, in order to understand the full range of human diversity, uh, we have to study uh, all people in different times and different places. And anthropological studies can illustrate why other people are the way they are, both culturally and physically. So we are kind of able to develop um, cross-cultural tests of the kinds of variations that we see in all humans, in all times, and all places. To end this chapter, I want to talk about weird people. And who are weird people? Well, they are Western, educated, industrialized, rich, and democratic. And what this means is that uh, the kinds of research we have in the fields of psychology and um, sociology are based on studies of 
college students uh, who are westernized, educated, industrialized, rich, and living in democratic environments. And so much of what we know about the world, at least especially from a psychological and a sociological perspective, stems from studies on these kinds of people. And this term, weird people, uh, was um, devised by Heinrich in a, in a recent paper in the Brain and Behavioral Sciences to point out that uh, if you take a look, especially at the psychological findings of people who are weird, you find out indeed they are weird simply because they tend to be outliers in terms of their um, responses to standard psychological tests tend to be extreme compared to people who are non-Western, they may not have much education, who are living in a traditional rural environment, who are not very rich, and who may not be living under a democratic regime. So I'd end this um, <coughs> first segment um, with noting that uh, anthropology has a set of powerful tools to understand the full range of human uh, diversity.